0: God's done some pretty amazing things in 2020 through the life of this church. One of those amazing things happened this last weekend, and that is men's encounter. If you went to men's encounter, let me see your hands. Let me see your hands. That's it. A lot of men that have encountered the risen Christ and have laid, we've laid our stuff down on the cross saying, with that, I'm his. I've been purchased with a price. So I want to do something we don't really uh, do. It's a little, you know, December's here. See how high we can get this volume. If you have experienced freedom this weekend or in general, if you feel free in Christ right now, let me hear a yell of praise. If you feel free in Christ, that's it. That's it. We root for our favorite teams. We can root for what Jesus is doing for us. And that leads me to a confession, because encounter, that's what we do in encounter. We confess our sins. And don't worry, men that weren't there, I know you're feeling, you know, FOMO. You, you, you feel like you've missed out women. You're like, what well, what's going on? When's women's encounter? It's coming. And men, you'll get another chance to go to men's encounter. But here's my confession. It's December 6th, 2020. And I have felt like 2021 can't come soon enough. I can't wait for this year to be over. And here's why I'm confessing that to you because I don't believe that it is right. I don't believe that that's how we need to live today, tomorrow, or these last days in December. I think, I am convinced, in fact, not think, I'm convinced that God has more for you and for me in 2020. And if we just coast through the end of 2020, we can clap, we can clap. If we just coast through 2020, we're not living like we believe that. We're just saying, God, get me through today. Oh, thank God. God, get me through just, just you know, weekend's over. Get me through these five days. That's the difference between surviving and thriving. Cypress Creek Church, let's be a people that thrives daily. And let's be a people that puts 1 Corinthians, when when Paul is talking about finishing the race, he's not just saying, hey, finish the race and and get a participation participation medal like we're accustomed to in, in sports these days. No, he's saying, run the race as if you were to win it. Let's finish strong 2020. And let's see what God has in store for us because I truly believe that he has more. Who's with me? So we had the turkey trot last uh, week. We didn't really talk about it. But Taylor was embarrassed about it because um, I, he, was, he, was, he was the only one I was competing against. And uh, he wasn't very smart. Maybe he'll be wiser next year. Uh, it was virtual, so we ran a different time. So he sent me his time before I ran. And so I knew the time to beat. And so I got up on Thanksgiving morning at 8 a.m. There was an unofficial group that gathered uh, in front of Winters Mill Parkway and, and ran the 5K together, a little, little turkey tri- tribe, and I won. <laughs> so I felt, I felt pretty good. But see, it takes discipline. It takes discipline to finish well because we don't want to run the race to win it if we don't have the right discipline. We get tired. Things weigh us down. We remember things of the past and we're like, yeah, it's not even worth it. And so what I wanna do this morning, I just confessed and then I boasted, I wanna look at the word and I wanna look at the truth of God's word. As we've been talking about peace in exile, we're we're gonna look at Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah and what he has to say to us in these key disciplines, three key disciplines. I want you to say them with me. Get up get up. The second is get ready. get ready. And the third is get out. Get out. So we're going to look at Isaiah chapter 52. We've been looking at, I know get out and y'all stayed, stayed in. Thanks for not getting out. Uh, that sounded rude. You'll see what the chapter is about to teach us here in a little bit. But the, but the, but the point is We've been looking at this season in the Bible, the season of the exile. It's in the Old Testament. It's about 500 years before Jesus comes onto the scene. And and we have the people of God that have been displaced from their homeland. They're living in a a foreign place. They're being ruled by foreign leaders. And they feel maybe some of the things that you're feeling about 2020, or maybe it has nothing to do with 2020. It's just your life. I can't catch a break. I feel like God is not with me. And the prophet Isaiah, like prophet Zechariah last week, when we heard Bob, who was on fire last week. Thank you, Bob. And then Ben, the past, the two weeks ago, talking about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and then Daniel, Sean. And before that, we talked about Jeremiah. We've been looking at all these prophets in the exile. And, and today, we're going to focus in on Isaiah. Isaiah actually lived 700 years before Jesus, so actually 200 years before the exile. He prophesied about the exile. He knew that it was coming before it was even even a reality. And Isaiah is the second most quoted Old Testament book in the New Testament. Jesus quotes the Psalms the most and then Isaiah. That's why so many people say that Isaiah is the fifth gospel. It is rich in its message of Jesus. That's why the theme of Isaiah is the sovereign savior. We, we find the hope in our sovereign savior. And so I wanna turn to Isaiah chapter 52, where we're gonna find these three disciplines that we need to finish, and we need to, to put into practice so that we can finish 2020 strong. The first one is wake up. Verse one of chapter 52 says, wake up, wake up, oh Zion. I want to stop right there. Wake up, wake up. Question for you. What's the first thing that you think of when you wake up? What's the first thing on your mind? I can tell you for me right now in this season of life, it's what little kid's foot is slamming against my head. And at first it was cute, but now they're getting bigger and they're getting stronger and it's getting a little bit more uncomfortable. So I kind of wake up, oh, what's who's this intruder? So so we have all these things in our heads when we first wake up. And I want to encourage us to 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 maybe begin this discipline if we don't have it already. Let's turn to God first. First thing that we do when we wake up. I know some of us do our quiet times and our devotionals maybe in the middle of the day or or in the night, but I think there's something powerful about doing it in the beginning, at the, the, the very first moment that we do. See, God loves firsts. This is the first day of the week. We're spending it together, focusing on his word, getting ready for our week. He loves when we give back to him in the first of the month, our first fruits, other known as the tithe. And he wants to be first every single day. He wants to be first. And so when we turn to him, it's almost like we pause. And I don't know if you've had to do this this week, but there's been frost on my windshield every morning. And that messes up with my routine because I'm ready to go. When I'm in my car and I I press start, I got one of those press starts, not, you know, turn. But I'm ready to roll, but I need to stop and defrost my windshield. Otherwise, I don't know where I'm going. And sometimes when we wake up, we wake up so groggy. We wake up with the maybe uh, uh, anxieties of yesterday or, or the regrets or, or the weight of something that is happening today or, or the ongoing task list. And we start driving without really knowing where we're going. So let's pause, turn to God first and allow him to clear that windshield, I don't have to clear your mind. We're gonna talk about this as we continue reading. But see, we wake up, when we turn to God first, we wake up to the truth of our identity. Let's read you that, that next word, wake up, wake up. Oh, Zion, Zion. You know what Zion means? Zion is the name, is the heavenly name for Jerusalem. Zion is what God is going to do when he comes back and restores all things and makes a new heaven and a new earth where there will be no more pain, no more sorrow, no more sin, no more tears of sorrow. It's, it's going to be amazing. It's going to be heaven on earth. And so God is calling out what is already up there, but what will, what will come down here. And so when we read, "O Zion, same thing for us. God is, is reminding us of our identity, of who we are in him already. We are children, we are sons, we are daughters. We reign with Christ. And also, it doesn't matter what's going on today because he's already overcome the world so we can have peace. We can live the day knowing what's to come. We wake up to the truth of our identity and then we remember that his mercies are new every morning. There's this book called the Book of Lamentations. You probably don't read the Book of Lamentations when all is going well. And if you do, then you'll probably feel a little ugh, or you'll wonder, why is this written in the Bible? Well, here's the context. The Book of Lamentations was written during the exile. The Book of Lamentations was written by the people of God that were exiled from their home. They were uncomfortable. They were dealing with all of these troubles and so they lamented to God, but there is this switch that happens in chapter three between 20, verse 20 and 21. And I wanna start reading in verse 19. It says, I remember my affliction and my wondering, the bitterness and the gall, I well remember them and my soul is downcast within me. I know that that's some of us in here this morning. You can't help. But feel bitterness. You can't help but remember your, your affliction, or maybe you just feel like you are wandering. You got no, you don't know where to go or where the finish line is. The thing that we need to always look in scripture is the yet's the but God. And we have one of the most powerful, yet, in verse 21, yet this I call to mind and therefore I have hope because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. So I don't know what yesterday was like for you, but this morning his mercies were our brand new for you. When we say yes to Jesus, we say that we are secure in our salvation. We know what is to come. But every single morning, it is so important for us to remember that his mercies are new daily. And we wake up to that when we turn to God. Weeping may last through the night, but joy comes in the morning, Psalms 30, verse five. Let's wake up, get up and turn to God. The second is get ready. Let's continue reading in Isaiah 52. Clothe yourself with strength. Put on your beautiful clothes, O holy city of Jerusalem, for unclean and godless people will enter your gates no longer. Rise from the dust, O Jerusalem. Sit in a place of honor. Remove the chains of slavery from your neck, O cap- ca- uh, captive daughter of Zion. For this is what the Lord says. When I sold you into exile, I received no payments. Now I can redeem you without having to pay For you. Let's break this passage down. Clothe yourself with Christ every morning know what your routine is, whether you set up your clothes the night before or, or whether there's anxiety because you don't know what to wear the morning of, but let's do this. Let's add this to our, to our regimen. After we turn to God, first thing, let's clothe ourselves with Christ. What does that look like? Well, Colossians 3, verses, uh, verse 12 says, therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Imagine that. Get up every morning, you put on your your button-up, you put on your tie, put on your suit. My buddy, when we used to wear suits every day for work over in D.C., he would always say, you got something about this suit just makes me, you know, just gives me a little pep in my step. Well, you know what? There's something about being clothed with Christ that sets us up for the day no matter what is ahead. When we clothe ourselves with compassion, when we clothe ourselves with patience, when we clothe ourselves with humility and kindness and gentleness, that's clothing ourselves with Christ. You know what that makes us? That makes us strong. And we need strong people in this world. We need confident people. We'll get to that in a little bit, but we need to be strong in the Lord as we clothe ourselves with Christ. And then as it reads, throw, remove the chains of slavery from your neck, O captive daughter of Zion. We remove and throw off the old. When we wake up and we feel, man, shouldn't have done that. Man, I'm just heavy because of this conversation or this isn't right or or I I just feel heavy because of this sin that, that is unconfessed. We say out with the old and in with the new. Hebrews 12 verses 1 and 2 says, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. We remove and throw off. The old and the third is that we remember that we have been bought with a price. 1 Corinthians 6, 19, 20. Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself for God bought you with a high price. So you must honor God with your body. So how do we finish strong? We get up. We wake up and we turn to God first. and, And then the second thing is we get ready. We are clothed with Christ. We remove the old and we remember whose we are. We've been bought with a price. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me, Galatians 2.20. So we move on in this passage to verse seven. And we see Jesus, how beautiful. On the mountains are the feet of the messenger who brings good news, the good news of peace and salvation, the news that God of Israel reigns. Peace has been our theme. Peace is what we are celebrating this Christmas. Isaiah 9, 6, same passage. You know the verse for unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given and the government shall be upon his shoulders and he will be called wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father. And someone help me. Can't hear you prince of peace. He has brought us the good news, has brought us salvation and peace. By the way, it's Hebrew, it's English, and Spanish. Just because peace looks different and peace means different things in different circumstances in life. And we don't need a translator, though, to tell us what God's peace means. And so let's hold on to that peace. The watchman, verse eight, shout and sing with joy for before their very eyes they see the Lord returning to Jerusalem. Let the ruins of Jerusalem break into joyful song for the Lord has comforted his people. He has redeemed Jerusalem. The Lord has demonstrated his holy power before the eyes of all the nations. All the ends of the earth will see the victory of our God You need to hold on to the gospel of peace as we clothe ourselves with Christ, as we turn to him first. And then the third thing, here we go, the rude one, get out. That doesn't mean get out of here. That means get out from the stuff that is holding you back because God has more for you today and God has more for us in 2020. And so starting in verse 11, get out. Get out and leave your captivity where everything you touch is unclean. Get out of there and purify yourselves. You who carry home the sacred objects of the Lord, you will not leave in a hurry running for your lives for the Lord will go ahead of you. Yes, the God of Israel will protect you from behind. Get out. How do we get out? Well, first we go and, and, and we, we, we recognize the things that, that are unclean and we're purified. And so we need to share that story. We need to share the story of of what God has done in our lives. Men who just want to encounter your family needs to hear the story of what God's doing in you right now because that's going to bring hope to people who are not only going through the same circumstances, but the very people that have been entangled in that stuff with you. That's God's plan. His plan is not only to restore you and to redeem you, it's to change your reality and impact those around you. And he's using in guiding you through his Holy Spirit. I don't know how you tie your shoes, whether you do the bunny loops or the loop and then the pull through. But in the armor of God in Ephesians 5, it says, be fitted, may your feet be fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. So when we get out, we don't just go out barefoot. We go out with the gospel of peace. On our feet. We started 2020 with this verse. Let's go was our theme. Micah 4:2. Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, that he may teach us his ways and that we may walk in his path. So, Cypress Creek Church, here's how we're going to close out 2020. Here's how we're going to share our story. Social media, if you don't know, let me just inform you, is full of a lot of bad news. It's, and maybe, maybe you contribute to that or, or maybe you try to fight it and then you realize, man, there's no fighting this stuff. Like I try to say good things and nice things, but then somehow it always turns on my back. It's crazy. Here's the deal. Bad news reigns on social media. And so what we want to do as a church, this is going to mean everybody participating in order for it to be effective. We're going to create a space where good news reigns so that we can tell one another what God has taught us in 2020 in the midst of the craziness. And here's how we're gonna do it. Taylor, giving him a couple of shout outs. He's got the ccc.guide thing. It is on ccc.guide. We're calling this Project 2020. And don't feel pressure if, if you're like, I wanna share, but I don't wanna put my name. You can do anonymous. Share what God has taught you this year. Share what God has done through you, what he's done through your family. And we will all have access to this website and we'll be able to celebrate with one another. And when we are feeling down, we can just click. And instead of clicking on the social media platforms that are full of all this gunk, we can turn then to this, where we see it's not only people that are sharing this, it's our body our church, that is sharing what God is doing through them and teaching them, and that'll help us finish strong. How does that sound? All right. We use what we have. Taylor, he's the wizard. He puts on the site, so check it out on the ccc.guy. That's a website, ccc.guide. I want to finish with these last two points. Share your story, walk with confidence. You will not leave in a hurry running for your lives for the Lord will go ahead of you. Yes, God of Israel will protect you from behind. In the spirit of confession, I'm always in a hurry. I know it's not the Wimberly way, I know, but I'm always in a hurry. And I was thinking this morning, when was the last time I was in a hurry? This morning. I literally walked in here and I was already running because my mind is, is going and I have amazing people around me that are often say, hey, I was like, can you chill can you just stop? And I'm like, yeah, thanks. And then I you know, go back to, to, to being in a hurry. But here's the thing, when you walk into something especially important in a hurry, it doesn't speak to confidence. It, it's, it, speaks, it speaks to kind of you know, this sense of like, I don't know what to expect and, 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 and something's going on. He's just gonna be half there. And I love how God is telling his people to leave exile. You will not leave in a hurry, running for your lives. He says, the Lord will go ahead of you. Yes, the God of Israel will protect you from behind. You know what gives us the ability to walk with confidence every day? Is knowing that God goes before us. God paves the way for us. And we need to remember that. Deuteronomy thirty-one-eight says, the Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. He goes before you and me every day. So let's recap. Walking, as, 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 as we train and, and employ these disciplines in our daily, we Get up. We wake up and and we turn to God and we turn to him first. We wake up to the truth of our identity and, and we remember that his mercies are new every morning. And then Isaiah 52 teaches us that we get ready. We clothe ourselves with Christ. We remove the old stuff that entangles us and that keeps us from running the race with perseverance. And then we remember that we have been bought with a price, that we are not ours. Our bodies have been purchased by the blood of Christ. And then we get out. We get out, but we go with the feet fitted with the gospel of peace, sharing our story. And we also walk with confidence and know that God goes before us. Let's share our story, Cypress Creek Church. Let's share what God's taught us this year. And let's celebrate because you know, something strange happens in our mind. We think like, oh yeah, 2021, things are gonna change. Well, not really. Nothing really changes. There's no cataclysmic event in the universe or in the fourth dimension or fifth dimension that somehow triggers something and all of a sudden we enter into a new reality. Now, if if you think, for example, young people that that, that are single, that the things that you are dealing with right now will just be fixed with marriage or something like that, it doesn't work that way. We deal with our stuff now for today, but that blesses tomorrow. So let's do today well. And, and, and we're about to close out with communion, so uh, band, come back up, and I wanna read the rest of Isaiah 52, last few verses, and then I'll close out with Isaiah 53. Verse 13 in Isaiah 52 sets up Jesus. And when we do Communion. We remember what God's done for us, and I love how we are reading a text that was written 700 years before because we remember what was past, but Isaiah is speaking about what's to come and see. This is one of the mysteries, is that Jesus was and is and is to come. He was from the beginning, is here right now, and will be forever. And so when we read in verse 13, it says, see, my servants will prosper. He will be highly exalted. But many were amazed when they saw him. His face was so disfigured, he seemed hardly human. And from his appearance, one would scarcely know he was a man. And he will startle many nations. Kings will stand speechless in his presence, for they will see what they had not been told. They will understand what they had not heard about. They speaking about the cross. The moment that, that sin, our sin became personal to Jesus, and then Jesus became personal to us. When we see that a broken people have been united and reconciled with a perfect father, heavenly father, and where we have been reconciled into right relationship with him. And so as I read Isaiah 53, I'd love if you would bow your heads and Listen to these words. You can read along if if you have your Bibles. And remember what this means for you, this sacrifice that that our Lord took up for us and made. And I pray that as, as we close out today and in 2020, as we share communion with one another, that it would feed our spirit, this symbol of remembrance would help us through whatever life may be throwing our way. I read from Isaiah 53, who has believed our message? To whom has the Lord revealed his powerful arm? My servant grew up in the Lord's presence like a tender green shoot, like a root in dry ground. There was nothing beautiful or majestic about his appearance, nothing to attract us to him. He was despised and rejected, a man of sorrows acquainted with the deepest grief. We turned our backs on him and looked the other way. He was despised and we did not care. Yet, it was our weakness he carried. It was our sorrows that weighed him down. And we thought his troubles were a punishment from God, a punishment for his own sins, but he was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. All of us like sheep have gone astray. We have left God's path to follow our own, yet the Lord laid on him the sins of us all. And so we thank you, Jesus, for the cross. And I thank you for the bread that we have represented in this cracker at home, whatever we may have, this elements that we have today that we will consume that reminds us of your broken body that reminds us for the pain and, and, and the tragedy that you endured for our own benefit, but also that, that, that how it represents your love for us, that you were willing, that you freely gave your life up so that we can be in relationship with you. And we thank you, God, as we partake of your body today. And Lord, for the cup, thank you for your blood and all that it represents for for how you cover us, of how your blood atones for our sins and and protects us from the principalities of the evil one. We are purchased by your blood and we are now fully yours. We declare that today. I declare that over any circumstance here. We are protected by the blood of Christ and we do not take that for granted. We thank you, Jesus that you poured out your blood for us and we drink and we remember. And Lord, I pray that as we close out this morning, that we would put you first, turn to you. God, that we would have the courage to be like you and be fully clothed in Christ would get out and live fully for you. God, I pray that your work in this body would, would be a story that is told courageously and boldly. And I thank you for the opportunity that we have as your body here on earth to represent you and to tell others that there is hope That yes, this life is crazy, but there is hope. And and God, I pray for anyone in this room right now that is looking for that hope, that is saying, I I need you, God, so badly right now. Father, I pray that you would bless them with your Holy Spirit, that they would be flooded by your presence and that they would know whose they are and and, and how much you, you value them and they would feel this sense of peace from within that surpasses any understanding, that that is greater than any emotion or or feeling that we can muster or feel on this earth, your peace transcends all our understanding. And we thank you for that, God. I I pray, Holy Spirit, that, that we would be mobilized as we finish this year strong. And we're about what you have for us in 2020. We want to hear from you. We listen and we are ready.